I'm just a guy who's here looking for his drugs. <laughs> yeah, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> can you be Will Smith from The Pursuit of Happiness? Go. No, but I can be Will Smith from The Oscars. <laughs> Keep uh, your wife's name out my out your fucking mouth. <laughs> and you're listening to those movie news podcasts. You know he has another like big awards movie uh, coming out like next month. Somehow, was it filmed after the uh, slap? Probably no, not. It was filmed, it was filmed before um, mm. Emancipation. Wowzers! Yeah, Sorry. I mean, that one. Post slap <laughs> productions. There, yeah, that's a long title. By Meta Moon. <laughs> the prime where every flavor is combined. I'm actually into drinking one. this, so I don't keep burping. Dude, oh, I struck out twice yeah. today trying to find a new uh, ghost. Energy drink. I went to Seven Eleven oh. and Racetrack. Neither yeah, so, had ghosts. <laughs> Nate, I told John about the ghosts. Uh, I was like, "Have you tried them yet? Like those energy drinks, like the Sour Patch Kid, Red Berry, and Blueberry, oh. mm-hmm. the Warheads, and whatnot. Yeah. So Swedish Fish and whatnot." And um, so I told John about them, and he said so he was. I think he tried them this week. I had the Swedish Fish and the uh, Red Sour Patch, and they were both very tasty. The Sour Watermelon Warhead might be my favorite. I had that. I had that today. Yeah. Okay. And that was that one they definitely had at Publix. dude. It was like I was literally like blown away. Like, how, like what the fuck is in this to make it's it five calories and it's, like it's zero calories. everything else? And like yeah. it does hit you, or at least me, it hits me really hard with caffeine. But like it, it doesn't last for like a long time. I think it maybe it's like maybe like an hour of like extra boost, and then hey man, it's enough. It do- yeah, it doesn't. It like I had it before and nice. during the gym uh, yesterday, and I was doing all upper body, like chest, dry shoulders, shrugs, like all that. And I was, I still wanted to do more, and yeah. I'm never like that ever. So like, so, I was like halfway through the workout, I'm like, I want to go home and like just go to bed, and that's not how I felt. So it hit me at like ghost. It hit me at <laughs> hole six on disc golf, and I could feel it. Like I was. Like, all right, here we go. The wind's blowing. Uh, Oh, man. I wore the GoPro the other day. I went and played with the truck and wore the GoPro. I shot a 66. But, like, I didn't feel like I did that well when I was playing. It was only afterwards. I was like, ah, actually, I did okay. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do. 66 seems to be the peak. It's minus four. Yeah, that's what you got twice in a row, I thought. I got 66 and 68. 68 day one. Yeah. And 71 day three. Nobody has called me about my disc that I threw in that lady's yard. My my favorite disc. I think you should have just shanked. Not thrown it into her yard. I I easily could have gone. I I, I could drive around to their house, jump the fence, and grabbed it. But it's not worth the risk in Florida. They could have killed me For for a disc. It's probably worth it, actually, now that you think about it. I throw something at one of their windows, and when they go to look at the window, just hop over the fence and grab it. <laughs> I mean, or I could, just, I could just, you know, beat them at their own game and show up with my own gun and be like, I'm just here to get my fucking disc. <laughs> or you sure. could, you know, I have, I have something that's really wild that you could do. Okay. If you just walked up to the front door. With girls got cookies. And just knocked. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Hey. I've done that another time, but this is a different house. I don't trust it. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. My name is on my name and number is on it. So if they are respectable human beings, you think that they would, you know, call. But well, I mean, so if it's far, if it's not. I mean, it's right next to a, a disc golf course, so most likely they play themselves. So they probably just just collect people's discs all the time, like Infinity Stones, and they're just like, oh, great. <laughs> it's actually just, just like Thanos that lives there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, another one. <laughs> I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll get it myself. 3,000 discs. Can you please stop collecting all, all these discs? <laughs> like, when will you stop? He's like, their house you? is made of discs. <laughs> Jesus. Forgot um, to mention that part. Yeah, it was built entirely of discs. Yeah, no. Yeah. Too, too, too much. Um, well, That was too much. Okay. That was, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Because well, we are fast-tracking here an episode on true romance, and we do have a nice little collector's preview, collector's corner preview episode coming of the next few weeks. But this week, as you're listening on November 10th, we're talking about true romance. And here's a nice little trivia question for you guys, because this is my pick. The first choice for the role of Alabama wasn't initially going to Patricia Arquette. They had somebody else in mind. And 
I want you guys to try to guess who they had in mind here. We have Reese Witherspoon, Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore, Demi Moore, or Winona Ryder. Who was the studio's first pick for the role of Alabama, the nice, attractive call girl that Patricia Arquette did end up playing in this film? I'll go Demi Moore. I feel like it's too easy to just choose another blonde actress. Like, they must have maybe just been going after one of the other big actresses of the time. I could see Winona Ryder as well, but I think Demi Moore kind of kind of fits that star power level of, like, attractiveness, too. I feel like Winona Ryder's a little too quirky, so they probably didn't go with her. And then, what were the other ones? Drew Barrymore and Reese Witherspoon? Mm-hmm. No, I don't see them. I, I think it's Demi Moore. Think it's Demi Moore? Okay. Yeah, okay. I think it's good Demi Moore. I, I disagree. I believe it's Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon? No. Maybe because of her previous role in the movie Freeway with Kiefer Sutherland? Um, no, she just she seems to play a better call girl. I don't think I think Demi Moore is too classy to be considered a call girl. I think the opposite. I think Reese Witherspoon is too classy. Would yeah. you guys be shocked if I said that the studio's first pick was Drew Barrymore? I would be very shocked because she would be a terrible in this role. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't like... I like Drew Barrymore, but... It would have been a like, whole different movie, but I don't know. Like, Would they put her in a blonde wig? Or was that just unique to Patricia Arquette? Did she bring that to the role? Drew Barrymore has blonde hair, doesn't she? Maybe at some point she might have. I only really if you're thinking because of Scream, I think she was wearing a wig. It's true. Yep. yep. I thought she was a blonde. I don't know. She's. I don't know. She's too... I mean, I guess Patricia Arquette's kind of ditzy in this, too. She's not but like, like a, yeah, the, the ditzy, charismatic. I mean, Drew Barrymore can definitely play that, for sure. Yeah. Um, but Who was I it, am, though? It was Drew Barrymore? It's Drew Barrymore, yeah. Okay. Yep, okay. It's Drew Barrymore. But I'm so mm-hmm. happy that it ended up going to, to uh, Patricia Arquette because she is just magnetic. Perfect. <laughs> for this. this. Movie. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I just didn't realize how much i love patricia arquette um i had the same thoughts i was gonna like, watch Wait, why do i like again. patricia arquette i thought i had didn't care for her at all ever <laughs> until right now this is amazing really yeah i mean i don't in lost I, highway she was amazing yeah, she was she's gorgeous in, in that movie too yeah oh yeah that's right she what else like is she holes. even she's the bitch in holes She's the um, mom in she's boyhood. Yep, yeah, mom in boyhood, which she won the Oscar for. Uh, that's the one where she was in that role for like thirteen years and aged with the role. Um, that's like I'm going through her film. She's also uh, Severance. She's the boss in Severance, which is uh, a great super show. bitchy character. I mean, I I understand like she's a great actress, but I've never seen her as such a likable person. I don't think in in a film uh, as yeah, as well, I did in this. In she's this definitely movie. not that likable in Holes. I'll give you that. Um, Kiss that's something Kate that Barlow. definitely deserves a rewatch. <laughs> I'd love fucking to watch Holes again. Man. Oh, fuck oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. That's a, that's a great fucking movie. Um, but no, we're not talking about Holes. We're talking about True Romance. Um, this is a movie that I first watched back uh, in college. I got this at, like, on a, it's a triple feature Blu-ray uh, pack here with American History X, Ew. A History of Violence, and True Romance. I think I got this at Best Buy for like fourteen ninety nine or something. Mainly because I wanted one. to uh, get it for American History X because that is just a, a kind of a very gritty classic film that's uh, tough to watch but is really good. And also, I had never seen A History of Violence and True Romance at the time, so I was like, okay, you know, two blind that's a movies, great triple feature. Yeah, right yeah. There. Or like just combo pack i mean those are all i mean i've only seen two of them now but um right that, those are all three very well-renowned films and john it's funny have you because... not seen Ameri- american history x no i haven't seen damn. that either damn i haven't because seen anything damn. this is the second appearance of this triple feature because we mm-hmm. have an episode on a history of violence which you guys can go and listen to uh in the podcast feed to search a history of violence those movie dudes you'll find it uh but now it's true romance's turn and eventually maybe we'll do american history x now knowing that john i'm sure it'll, it'll make it. its way onto the pod at some point it's a great yeah. movie yeah um but if you have never heard of true romance well wait first of all nate have you seen this before no you it was I, I think it was on so many coin flips and dice rolls yeah. in college and it just never won <laughs> and I, I had picked it for the podcast in the past and it lost to another movie um because i 
wanted to pick it before. And John, had you seen? You definitely had not. Seen oh no, before. no. I, I honestly, when you picked it, I thought you were talking about True Lies, and I was like, hadn't we already talked about that one? <laughs> okay. That and then sense. I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, this also is a, a great different movie. movie. Different True Lies, movie yes, here. that's something we talked about on the pod already. If you want to, we have an episode on it. Okay, because yeah, I, I remember when I first watched it, I really, really liked it. Um, but it's been a handful of years; didn't really remember too much about it. Definitely wanted to rewatch it, and you guys had never seen it, so that's you know. If you guys have never heard of True Romance, a little info about it: it is directed by Tony Scott. He is Ridley Scott's brother. Uh, he's directed films like Top Gun, Man on Fire, and Unstoppable, amongst other crazy movies. He's um, a great director. He is a great director. Uh, he has a very distinct style, um, but yeah, R.I.P. But uh, the cast, this is what kind of just blows me away, especially watching the opening credits of the movie. When you see the cast list here, it's like, whoa, my God, he's in this? She's in it? What? But here it is. It's Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, James Gandolfini. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is Elvis. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So... And I didn't even see well, his name not, in the credits at the end. I saw his name in the credits, and then after the movie, no, in the very opening, he is credited. It says Val Kilmer. It's like the, it's like the third one that pops up after the movie yeah. too. And I'm like, and then after the movie, I was like, wait a second, was Val Kilmer's in it? And then I remember, I was, oh yeah, he's kind of they shoot him from like the neck down, and he's an Elvis type of impersonator. In it's because the they, uh, I don't know. Well, unless you want to talk about it, they didn't get the rights to to have any of Elvis's music or his likeness in the film, right? Um, Which is so bizarre. Like, but yeah. what always made this movie really appealing to me is not that it's directed by Tony Scott or the cast or anything, but this is written by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> and that's odd because you hear Quentin Tarantino, you kind of always associate that he write and directs the movies. Correct. It's weird that he just writes a movie that another person directs because of how like much control he has and his ego. So seeing a movie like with a different director kind of playing with the script and they also i think oliver stone did it with natural born killers because this whole thing was like one big like novel or big screenplay that quentin tarantino wrote like like it's called like on the road or something about these like serial killers and it just ended up becoming two two separate movies true romance and natural born killers hmm. um which is interesting here what's up that's it's funny that you say that because the entire time i was watching true romance i was going now I want to watch Natural Born Killers, not even knowing that it was connected sure. in, yeah. like spiritually. So I was like, because that's what Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's really more disturbing, Brutal. and this yeah. is more fun because this is it's in Detroit. A lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mob, uh, try to track him down and attempt to reclaim it. Uh, has a 7.9 on IMDb, a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 93% audience score, and a 3.9 on Letterboxd. I kind of forgot that this movie does have quite the following and critical acclaim behind it, uh, because this is just a fun fucking movie, <laughs> and it's just a great time, but I want to get into uh, you guys' thoughts. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start it out. You guys were saying uh, before the film... First of all, until I started seeing the opening credits, because this is one of those movies that actually shows the credits as the film opens up, which is kind of something that you don't see very often anymore. But a lot of the time with these Quentin Tarantino films, he has respect for classic film and he'll do that type of thing. But uh, I saw Quentin Tarantino's name. Had no idea that he was the writer of this film. And I went straight six to midnight when I saw that. Um, and then you guys were talking earlier uh, in the day about how Hans Zimmer did the music. And it's like very, it's like a very unconventional score. It kind of reminded me of like Black Klansman because it's like the same kind of music. Or, uh, well, that that other movie, The Midnight Cowboy, where it's like the same music that plays at very pivotal pivotal scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. And like this movie opens up with a score that you instantly latch onto, and you're like, love this. This is great. It's like, it's still like the sweeping shots of like Detroit, so it's like kind of like romantic comedy esque, right? But it's different. Like you can tell that this is going to be a different ride. Than... Well, like it's got a very specific sound <laughs> and instrument behind it. What is, I don't know exactly. Is it like an exal? Oh gosh, or I couldn't even. I is that yeah. That's used. Uh, yeah, cause... is it a xylophone? Like a yeah. like a with uh, percussion almost with the yeah mm -hmm. some, some sort of mix because there's different variations of it throughout the movie. Like there's one that's like really slowed down when it gets to the kind of like a more like a scene that has more like tension. 
Uh, yeah. So they do kind of reuse, like you said, like a Midnight Cowboy and other films that reuse the same score. Um, but yeah, it's the it's called "You're So Cool." I mean, that's like with a note that she writes at the end of the movie. But that's the okay. soundtrack, and that's been in my playlist ever since I first watched the movie. So I hear that song every now and then on the uh, on the iPod. And so. it, it, I totally, I've definitely heard it before too. It's one of those that I think, uh, you know, it, it's come up in soundtrack playlists that I've listened to over time, and I never really knew what where it came from, but. I mean, yeah, it's it, again, it's unconventional for Hans Zimmer, but it totally gets you into the mood of the film. And then once you're introduced to Christian Slater and that like opening scene of him just talking about how he wants to fuck Elvis, it's like, okay, all right, this is uh, this is interesting. Which I think is like how you feel with every Quentin Tarantino like opening monologue film with it his characters. It's like Tarantino. Oh my god, it does. And there's so many scenes in this movie where like he has the action pack scenes where the the blood baths and all these people killing each other with the comedy elements of that too. And then he has the scenes of just brilliant dialogue, and I guess like one of the one of the craziest scenes in this movie that uh, is like a famous scene is that one with Dennis Rod Dennis Hopper. I almost said Dennis Rodman, <laughs> but uh, Dennis Hopper with Christopher Walken, dude. Oh man, this movie has so many great character moments, and they use the cast to its full potential. That's where I disagree. Because the fact that Gary Oldman was only in this movie for like 10 minutes tops is blasphemy because his character of Drexel, Iconic. it's almost as, almost as terrifying as his character from Leon the Professional, yeah. where he's just a loose can like, and the fact that he blends in with his accents and everything, it's like, you wouldn't expect him to be British because he's just so versatile. I also expect Samuel Gary Jackson to was in the old, but he, he wasn't. And Samuel Jackson was in the dark. Like you literally see him for one scene and that's it. You never see him again. And I'm like <laughs> What's did, the point? <laughs> when did this well, I mean, not all of them had popped off the way like they have the, the way we know them now. At the time, obviously, like they were just supporting roles. But like Samuel Jackson, I mean, he's just the staple in Tarantino. For the most part though I'm saying is like they they really use like Christopher Walken's character and obviously Christian Slater Patricia Arquette uh Dennis Hopper gets like every scene that he's in is is brilliant. There's just so many things that I, I didn't expect from this movie. I had no idea what I was getting into. Again, thought it was true lies. It wasn't. So uh yeah, I thought it was a thought it was a great time. I loved James Gandolfini's little monologue about your first kill. Mm. It's yep. no, nothing's harder than the first kill. And then the second one, it feels watered down, but you feel a little bit better. And just the way he describes, and I'm like, is that how people feel when they kill somebody or when they kill multiple people? Like it just slowly la- gets easier. And his last like, bit was like, now I just do it just to watch the face, the, the their faces change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, this guy's creepy. Brutal. Oh yeah. But he beats the shit out of Patricia Arquette and it's brutal but she sure fights back she fights back that was just so that was like the first kind of well that was after the scene with Dennis Hopper but like the most brutal scene in this movie like one of the first most brutal scenes in this movie when they just go at each other oh yeah I mean he throws her through that glass uh that glass shower glass door yeah, and that just looks so painful. Yeah, and just back and forth. Yeah, he really didn't think she up. had a chance, but like, she, but like, she was also like they kept killer. they kept cutting back to Christian Slater, and he was just like talking with some guy in the picnic table about like Elvis and like some articles. Oh, that's the best article on Elvis Presley ever. And it cuts back to his girlfriend just being like brutally yeah. like <laughs> oh he's assaulted. getting food or whatever. yeah he's just getting yeah. food, just like just taking his time coming back. It's just like oh my god, <laughs> go home. <laughs> Let me get two chili cheeseburgers yeah. and chili <laughs> cheese fries and two large diet cokes. Thank you. Yeah, he was great. Just speaking of Christian Slater, though, I mean, dude, I don't even... What are some other movies where Christian Slater is, like, as good as he is in this one? Because I don't, I don't think I've seen him in anything for... I think he's good in Heathers. Yeah, Heathers. he's um, pretty big was... in Heathers, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was underwhelming, I thought. Um, Christian Slater, what the hell else is he in, bro? He's not in anything anymore, really. He he went into TV a lot in the in like the two thousands. He was in a lot big, of TV. Big TV guy now. He yeah. rocked in this though. He like, yeah, stole the show. Just every time when he was uh, talking to the guy on, uh, he was talking to the producer on the phone, and the way he was selling it, and the way they used like movie jargon 
to talk about drugs, like talking about, oh, Dr. Zhivago, and oh, yeah, this is a big movie, was, so you really want to get in on this. Right. And yeah. Just, just the little hints. It's like, ah, I know what you're talking about, the booger sugar. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because the the movie starts out and yeah you just you have Christian Slater at the bar talking about having sex with Elvis. He goes into the theater and he meets Patricia Arquette who just like stumbles and like spills popcorn on him and they just instantly just fall in love. Madly in love. This passionate love just instantly overnight and it's just it's so just abrupt and like what the hell's happening and you mm. it's all revealed that like she was hired to because he's a loner and whatnot and she ends up actually really falling in love and then just immediately like he turns into this like Travis Bickle character from Taxi Driver, and he's just like, "Right, I'm gonna go kill the pimp," and like it gets so dark all of a sudden. It's because like, like if you're watching this movie for the first time, it takes you on a journey, and it just it goes in so many different directions. And then you have like a full, like John mentioned, like that scene with Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken. Like you have a full like ten to fifteen minute scene that's just them sitting down just talking. And it doesn't go back to them and their mission with Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. It's just them talking, and it's just them talking about uh, being from uh, Sicily and and the different uh, and I mean, how that's... their like genes have changed and stuff. And like it's just like it's so just Tarantino, just going into monologues that are just ridiculous, but like very engaging and great performances too. But just like all these different things going that complement what's actually happening with like the drug bust and right on the run and stuff. So it is just like so over the top and like you can tell that like Tarantino is probably just on cocaine when he wrote the script, but it does like, it do. does work because it's a <laughs> lot of fun. How much like behind the scenes, did you watch any behind the scenes or just like any kind of, uh, random I didn't stuff watch a ton. The- no, I, I watched, I didn't watch a ton. There wasn't a whole lot to it. Uh, on the All disc. right. I will say for instance, the guy who played, uh, like the producer's assistant where he went on the roller coaster and stuff. Michael so, Rappaport? Michael oh, Rappaport. No. Oh, no, no, he was the friend Elliot. that looked him up. Yeah, the Elliot right. guy. The guy with like the, the sweater that was he was wearing. It was the informant for the FBI. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. guy. Um, he was like, he's like deathly afraid of roller coasters. <coughs> and like that scene where they were on the roller coaster, um, the first time like he, he went through it and then they actually had to do reshoots for that scene. So he was on Quaaludes for the second time around, he said. Wow. Um, and you can actually tell if you like what shots were when he was on Quaaludes and which... Well, anyway, so that's, that's a crazy little fact about this movie. But I think that this movie... I also read that this is like one of the most autobiographical takes on like Quentin Tarantino. Like him as Christian Slater, which makes total sense. I mean, the guy is crazy to begin with. And I think that this is like the life that he'd want to live. A whole like... Um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde type situation. On the run, where, murderer. Of course, like this <laughs> that's is what, what he wants. Yeah, all of his movies stem from this type of storyline to begin with. You know, it's like it's very true. Yeah, and this is the beginning of it. A loner. Like him works at a comic book store. Like I mean, this probably spawned from him. Yeah, when he was working at like the video rental store in in, in Hollywood, and he was coming up with, with ideas and stuff. And he came exactly. up with Reservoir Dogs. He probably came up with Natural Born Killers. And this this movie, he wrote that big on the road, whatever it is, and sold it as screenplays because he was just trying to get started. And then obviously he kicked off his career and became who he became and the filmmaker that we all know him as. Uh, but in the script, yeah, I mean, the second you meet Christian Slater and like he's he's watching kung fu movies and he's just talking about kung fu movies and he goes to, and he works so at a comic store and he's like, yeah, I read comics and he's dating this, this is. insanely <laughs> gorgeous call girl that's that she, and she just madly falls in love with him too and he basically wears like the same outfit that Travis Bickle wears in Taxi Driver so it's like there's so many influences too so it's it's yeah I mean it's it's it's, it's full on Tarantino but. It, Tony Scott, I think, did a great job directing the script because oh yeah, with any other director and with the script, I mean, it could have been a whole different movie. It's but I think it would know, have been similar. Like it, it, it feels so much like Quentin Tarantino. I mean, less feet. I guess that's like the only difference. Like maybe a little bit less feet in the movie. I don't think there were any close-up shots of feet. Because Natural Born Killers, and you guys haven't seen it, but it does that feels more like an Oliver Stone type of movie. Like it, it, it he did more. He took more liberties with the, with the style. The script okay. still feels like it, but like it, the style is just so different. Yeah, I mean, I guess just there, there's so many instances of you know, 
super impactful dialogue like with scenes where you feel like they just keep going but like in the best way possible like you just want to see the story develop and these characters to continue to talk to each other and then then the quentin tarantino shootout scenes is where this movie like really shines when all the different characters clash in this final shootout it's like you see you know it's kind of gonna happen like if you've seen a quentin tarantino movie that's kind of like how they pan out where like comedy and action come together and it's just, that scene was so funny bro just funny and exciting and crazy all at the same time where just everybody dies i mean it's it's so it's perfect just in every way possible and, and it does actually have a conclusion that i thought was very unexpected it's almost like a shawshank redemption conclusion in my opinion almost exactly i mean literally the same thing Literally the same thing, except there wasn't a boat involved, <laughs> but they were on a beach. Okay, so that's if you so go that to Buxton, Maine, so that there's an so that tree. connects it. True romance <laughs> and Shawshank Redemption. There was it's a the beach same. in the final scene. If These you, if you panned the over, there was Morgan Freeman and and Tim Robbins, and he's on his boat. It, it just pans over to Tim, Tim Robbins <laughs> working on his boat. <laughs> oh exactly. hey, what's up? <laughs> Literally the same shit. I don't know. Yeah. That that was just so much inspiration here. It's hilarious, but in the best way. It was mm. like a fun little cat and mouse game too, because these these drug people are trying to get their drugs back, but then once they get into the Hollywood part of things, then you've got the FBI <laughs> trying to catch these Hollywood people that have nothing to do with the drugs technically. The only connection is Christian Slater in Alabama. But Oh, that scene where everyone starts shooting at each other and they bust the doors down and they're all looking at each other, holding guns like, I'm not, oh, that's one thing I hate is I hate cops. It's like, okay, <laughs> dude, you're going to die. Yeah. And then that one guy that's sitting on the chair who's the informant and has the nerve to be like, uh, excuse me? Um, oh, my I God. I technically did what I needed to do, so uh, can, can I, I leave? Can I go? <laughs> like that son fucking- of a bitch. Stupid loser. And that producer <laughs> rips him to shreds. He's like, forget about working for the next 20 years. Your yeah, career's if, over. I'm about to get shot, blown away. Um, no. But, like, yeah, I mean, there's so many fun and funny moments to this movie as well as just, like, the the, the Quentin Tarantino staples. And, like, it, having Brad Pitt in a little cameo role where, like, he doesn't even get off the couch in the whole movie. He just literally just lays there. And, like, the first scene when he's interacting with James Gandolfini is so funny to this day. He's just like, oh hey, my man, God. you yeah. want to come in and watch some TV? I'm sure they'll be back. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to go. I'm good. Yeah. Nothing, nothing beats his reaction to when they cock the guns. They all come walking in. They're like, where is he? I don't know, man. Okay, so you get up and go this way. I guess yeah. most of the stuff he said was like mostly ad lib too. Like that was pretty much all Brad Pitt for oh, the most 100%. part. Yeah. Oh, um, and he's got to lay there and smoke weed and yeah, be in a movie. He's, he's like great. smoking a bowl out of like a look like those old jars of honey that are shaped like teddy bears. <laughs> and he just unscrews yeah. the cap and he's just like, "Hey, you want to hit? Hey, you want to hit?" <laughs> Dude, nineteen years later, he wins Best Supporting Actor in another Quentin Tarantino film. I mean, yeah. There you go. Uh, what was his name? Stoner, uh, Floyd. Booth. Oh well, and yeah, and Cliff Booth and uh, Cliff Booth. Once upon a time in Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> also, Mitch Michael Rappaport's character, Dick Ritchie. Oh, oh yeah, Dick Ritchie. <laughs> Dick Ritchie loved his character, dude, and I like loved his name. how he was like a <laughs> yeah, right. He was like just a wannabe actor. Like I could imagine it's like it's if Nate moved to Hollywood and was trying to like get a role in like on a TV show, right? Where he's just, what's that like, supposed to mean? Uh, well, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Because like, he didn't do that good in his audition. He got the part. I feel like you would, you would. He got the part because. <laughs> Wait, why did he get the part? I think didn't <laughs> they help him get the part? No, somehow? I thought he earned the part. Maybe someone else dropped out, and they were like, "All right, we got to default to." Well, no, I thought he got the part because he was helping them get drugs. No, I don't think so. I I think it was unrelated. I think he just happened to get the part because I thought in that scene, you know, before they go to the hotel where everyone's gonna get shot, um, I thought that uh, Clarence was gonna be like, you know, man, you stay behind. You know, you don't have to be a part of this. Just because I thought that was like a really good moment, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, let's go to the hotel. We got a job to do. 
So <laughs> Brad I don't know. Pitt's still just sitting on the couch, like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, don't can you pick up some things? Uh, okay. <laughs> He's the perfect movie stoner. If Brad Pitt just every couple years he just appears as a supporting actor smoking on a couch. Like, but well, he plays could... the same person. He still plays exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd like you, that. You got him in the in the Oscar conversation again this year with uh, Babylon and and supporting actor. I guess he's a, a big Hollywood actor from the 1930s, Damon Chazelle. So I mean, there could be something there yeah, in the performance. Wait for I mean, we'll See what happens. What, what the word of mouth is, but hearing that Margot Robbie's that in it. Phenomenal. So Damien Chazelle needs his. She could be a a lock for a nom for lead. I if she wins, maybe I get a Babylon poster, put it right next to. National the first Treasure screening is me. like this week for press, so they, we'll find out some word of mouth reactions of Babylon. All I know is it's like three Amsterdam. hours long. Amsterdam was horrible. This was one of those movies. I don't know if you guys ever have felt like this, but like you look at a movie and it doesn't necessarily interest you, but you don't know why. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys before, sure. but it's happened to me a lot. And this was one of those movies because in college, I'd always look at it and be like, I don't really care for Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. I, I'll just forget about it. But this was one of those ones that I was like, kind of like, oh, I have to watch this. But the minute he's at the bar and he's talking about Elvis, <laughs> yeah, and then they immediately go watch that Street Fighter trilogy in the theater, I was like, all right, I'm sold. And that score that you were talking about, if you guys watch Terrence Malick's Badlands, it's almost an exact copy of that score. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. I, Xylophone tune and everything. I feel like I need to give Terrence Malick another chance because he he kind of ruined me with To the Wonder. Or so John, that's, yeah, I mean that's whatever. that's how I felt until I gave him a second chance. <laughs> okay. Uh, his well. th- that being said, that trilogy that he did, that spiritual nonlinear trilogy of To the Wonder, Song to Song, and Knights of Cups, garbage, hot, oh. steaming pile of garbage sorry what the fuck is wrong with him jesus man but, it's like he's half asleep when he's directing uh is it a new world or the new world uh, the new world the, the thin world. red line that i, I, was, I mean that i haven't I, seen that a, one yet but, i gotta see that um, oh. days of heaven is really really good um I, and uh, badlands is great and tree of life there's a lot to appreciate as well there but that's i still need to see a hidden life get into Anyways, I, yeah. um, I will say about true romance. What I want to say here is the log, like the typical log line. It's like it's interesting enough, but like you feel like you've seen it before. What I feel like you need to read is like go on the back of the of like a a collector's edition Blu-ray where it's like Quentin Tarantino's at his best. He makes you want to love Patricia Arquette, Christian Slater, like the 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 score with Hans Zimmer and like all these big names. Like that's what's gonna draw you in because. Honestly, it does check all the check all the boxes. Maybe back in 1993, you weren't you didn't really know who any of these people were, but like this movie, this movie has so much going for it. I think, I really, really do. Like it, it's just it's honestly dope as hell. My favorite. But like all these people, Gary Oldman was my favorite part because he just he does these weird characters that are just sinister and creepy, and I just like I want a movie about him. He's selling this drugs. like Rastafari like <laughs> pimp drug lord that is, Why is so, he so good at playing bombastic and over the top. I mean, the movie, the whole movie is just completely over the top. But uh, that's just what Tarantino does. It's his, that's his only style. <laughs> and, Whenever they uh, drive in and out of that hotel, it's like I feel like they're gonna run over a child or like a dog or something because they're so reckless. It's in ridiculous. their purple Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right, slow down, just, just a tad. Like you can kill somebody. They already had. But what do you guys? I think there's so many good moments in this movie. One of my favorite quotes in the movie I'd like to say but I'm wondering if you guys have any off the top of your head like one of your favorite quotes from a character that kind of like stood out to you because this one I when I, this is the first thing I wrote down on my notes when I was watching the movie was this quote and I was like fucking love that because that's amazing um my favorite quote probably is like I kind of already mentioned the scene when James Gandolfini and Brad Pitt are like having the interactions he want to come in and uh watch TV man and he's like no nah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and he's like oh don't condescend me man I'll fucking kill you man <laughs> just like whispers it under his breath <laughs> he's like, so good just like wait what 
Yeah. You can tell Damn. that the actor was self-aware of who this character was, but like his character wasn't, and he's like, yeah, "Fuck, kill you, man! Don't kind of send me, man! I'll fucking kill you, man!" Yeah, he's oh man. All right. Yeah, Nate, you See, were right earlier when you were like, "Yeah, we don't get enough of this character, that character." You're right about that. Yeah. I I, uh, well, I overstepped like, there. It, it, and even with like Dennis bit. Hopper and Christopher Walken, like that whole stuff was great. But I don't even think you see Christopher Walken again after that after that no. scene. They just yeah, had his that, goons. what is up with yeah. that? Because yeah, it's just his goons. I wish they he walked had, in they only and had, had him for for one day of, of filming, and that's. All I wish he was before. there at the end yeah, when they're all in the hotel room. If Christopher Walken walked in with holding like a Tommy gun or something, he's just like, "All right." <laughs> Where is the drugs? I feel like <laughs> Where he needed are my a, drugs. He never got a scene with Christian Slater. Trick or treat. Smell yeah, my that, feet. That, a little confrontation there, Christopher Walken and uh, Christian Slater. That would have been nice. He did um, make it. It was. It was the the scene we got was James Gandolfini with Patricia Arquette. That was that scene. Yeah, we, I mean that's know, another that, like prolonged scene that that kind of takes a while and gets, obviously gives kind of back to Christian Slater. Amazing parallel action. Really good <laughs> yeah. parallel action. Yeah. I can't necessarily think of any big quotes that like stuck out to me. The only one I can really think of is maybe when Patricia Arquette plants one on Dennis Hopper and they're like, hey, hey, what's going on? And then as they leave, Dennis Hopper's like, the boy was right. Girl does taste like peaches. So that's my quote. That's literally my quote is son <laughs> oh, of a really? bitch is right. She tastes like a peach. And that's the last time. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we see another scene from him, obviously, Christopher Walken. But that's like the, the most... That scene was just amazing. I was like, dude, you know what, man? Like, that's the best dad ever right there. Hasn't seen his son in three years. His girl, his wife just, like, plants one on him, and he's like, you know, son of a bitch, she tastes like a peach. Amazing. That's Chris, that's Quentin Tarantino right there, you know? He wants to see his dad kiss his wife. That's Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) Yep. But the scene with Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, I think, is one of those, like, silent perfect scenes in the movie just because you see you have the sinister evil Christopher Walken and then Dennis Hopper who's trying to like play it straight and like not give anything away because he's a cop oh I love this guy give him one of those cigarettes yeah I love this guy and then he just yeah bam bam I was like holy crap yeah and then but like right after that scene too uh I mean it's a pretty intense and dramatic scene but it was also couldn't help but kind of just if you're morbid, kind of chuckle because like they're like, all right, let's go, let's go check out like some other place, and then they're like, boss, you're never gonna believe it. And the address is just on the fridge the whole yeah. time. <laughs> boss, you're yeah. gonna be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> boss, you're not gonna believe this. Like they could have just saved that whole fucking ordeal and just looked at the fridge and I'm like, all right, see you later. <laughs> but no. and didn't James Gandolfini find it too? He was like, hey, boss. no, I don't think he was. No, it was a different guy because James Gandolfini was like standing behind Dennis Hopper. <sighs> Because he, like, cuts his hand and then pours the stuff on it. Ouchers. Jeez, man. But I would say if I were to have, like, a movie about my life and I needed someone to narrate the open and the end, it's got to be Patricia Arquette. She's got that voice. And also, I'm going to compare this to Badlands again. Sissy Spacek does a similar type of monologue narrating in badlands and so hearing this in true romance i was like all right how she's talking about coming from the everglades of florida and to the to the city of detroit and then at the end something about just being surrounded by gunshots and ammo and the fire and just talking about peace and all that going on the beach it was just like the perfect ending. I was very happy that it ended the way it did. You did that in a full sissy spacek voice from like a straight story. <laughs> like the way you what? were the way you were talking. She has autism. All, like, that's what it reminded me of though. <laughs> like her narration what? of a straight story. Oh, oh, when she <laughs> remember no, when because she like, narrated in a straight story, not Yeah, okay, I thought you were Cuz you just said Nate sissy spacek, like... so that's all I could think of. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't know. But I didn't just, say a straight her, story. I know, but you said Sissy Spacek, and that's why. Yeah, I the, the narration. I forgot that. Yeah, she does do the narration of that movie in her character 
That voice. Yeah, that uh, took it down. Well, there's some phrase, things that remind me my father going on a John Deere uh, tractor. Oh my <laughs> God. Just this past weekend, uh, they on the Roku channel, they released the Weird Al biopic, which is a full on comedy with Daniel Radcliffe. And the narration in that is just like some like old, like grizzled voice. Like, when I was a child, I was a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it was just like, wait, wait, <laughs> this is Weird Al? Like, like, it's just like, what? So, yeah. I guess we wouldn't know otherwise. Maybe it is. Hmm. Oh, Lord. But yeah, um, this movie was a blast. I'm very, very happy that it we watched it. And there's an awesome Arrow video box of this movie that I think I might yeah. pick up. Is this that what is you have? Spent? Oh, no, you don't. No, no, no. I, I have the triple feature. And it's making its second appearance, which will eventually make its third appearance in American History X. Um, but, no, it does have that 4K release, True Romance. It's the same. Is it the same as Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Is it the same? Company? No, it's no, an Arrow video. Arrow okay, so yeah, John Flickinger has has it. He has the uh, he? he has the Arrow. Yeah, I saw it in his. It's got uh, like Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette on the yeah. front, and it's like purple and blue it's got a and cool cover. Yeah, I remember yeah. That. I mean this no, this is a, a this is a Jeremy Johns buy on Blu-ray, and especially you buy on <laughs> Arrow right here, and you throw it in your special yeah. collector's edition corner of your collection. Well, I mean, so, straight up. Speaking of, yeah, great in the film, what would you, John, give this movie? First time watch, love a romance, love an action film, love a, I guess you could say almost a heist here. They're, they're, they're trying to sell off some drugs and all that, and man, I mean, it's just, I love Quentin Tarantino, I love some good dialogue, I just, it's it's a simple romance at its surface, but damn, you know, it just works. Like the scene on the billboard there. Where she comes clean and he is just nothing but accepting of the situation and they just just fall in love. Like any other romance film. If this was like Britt Robinson, you know, and some <laughs> other like, like Bill I don't O'Brien. know. Yeah. Yeah, just some some garbage. I don't know. Tomorrowland. Liam Liam uh <laughs> Tomorrowland. Yeah, Britt Rob- where are you what are you up to, Britt Robinson? Nothing. Cause Tomorrowland sucked. Um, no, I don't know. I it, it just it works so well in nineteen ninety three. Quentin Tarantino just doing his thing. There's so many good moments in this movie, memorable moments that I think stand the test of time. Star-studded cast. I, I I was smiling the whole time I was watching this movie. I really had no idea what I was getting into surface level, but the soundtrack brought me in. And just knowing that Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino wrote this, I knew what I was in for. I knew that you know there were going to be scenes that were longer, but it was worth it. And that's kind of exactly what this movie is. It's like, you have the payoff that you want, and even though it does follow like similar story and character tropes, you know it's the best possible versions of those things. So, I I do want to get the Arrow Video Blu-ray of this and throw it on 4K. my Criterion 4K shelf. Um, I'm gonna go four and a half out of five. I think it's a. Shit. I know Spencer almost like jumped out of his chair right there. Hi, <laughs> um, really good, really good. My only kind of demerit for the film is it doesn't use some of the actors to their fullest potential we didn't get one last scene with christopher walken that would have been great um but you know there's only so much screen time and i think what they did with it was brilliant like it really was um so maybe after a second watch i I wouldn't have that kind of nitpick but yeah four and a half out of five very good movie all right nate john you might be a little disappointed oh we're not i had a very tonight huh no, um, I had a very hard time choosing between a four and a four and a half for me because this movie is so good, but I needed a little bit more of those characters like Christopher Walken. He should have been there more, like more on the chase, like showing up, trying to find him type of thing. I still think Gary Oldman could have played a bigger part in this. I know it was probably earlier in his career, but he just magnetic when he was in that room and the way he kept swinging the light and just talking I about like, Oh, like come on. That. I didn't, oh, I, I didn't it. like the blocking of that. I, I didn't like, I get what they were doing, but it, it bothered me how he kept using this weird light and, and it kept like <laughs> blinding the camera it was oversaturated and like overexposed. I didn't like that. I felt because when that happened, I was like, I wonder if this is one of those things where Nate is going to be like, you know what? It's a five out of five, except for this one thing. And it really bothered me. And that's what I thought of when I watched the movie. And I didn't like that. 
But he no. loves it. That didn't bother you? You like that. Okay. Well, yeah, no, like I thought it was cool because it, it like added tension. It was almost like he was baiting him to like come at him. Like, come on, I'm like annoying you with this light. I get and it. Not like, as a cameraman, but... I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing, Gary Oldman? That's what, that was like that perspective. Like, stop playing with that. But this soundtrack is so iconic. It might move its way up as like one of my favorites just because of how simple it is. But just Christian Slater just rocks when he's talking about Dr. Shivago, a.k.a. the bag of cocaine. It was just like, just iconic. And I laughed so hard when that Elliot guy is driving down the road and he's trying to get the girl that he's with to put the the cocaine up her dress and it oh, she's not bursts and it. goes all over his face. <laughs> that was so funny. And he just looks yeah. at the cop. He's like, good morning. Hi. <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, yep, that's what that character deserves. Um, and then he threw up all over his jacket, which I thought was funny. But I'm going to go solid, very solid four out of five. Mm. Could possibly move up. I just, I just really think if they added those characters, just a couple more scenes throughout to show you like, oh, these are serious threats. Director's cut. Um, Quentin Tarantino cut, maybe. Yeah, it would have been awesome because those guys that show up at the end from like the the drug bust, you never really learn who they are other than James Gandolfini because they talk about the big drug dealer who's going to be mad. We never meet him. It's like he was mentioned, but oh, never popped up. Yeah, you're right about that. Unless he was one of the suits at the end that came barging in, but he wouldn't do his own dirty work. So I was like, who who is this guy? But that was beside the point. Because Christopher thing. Walken was was like a right hand man, and he was talking exactly. About yeah, I never, all yeah, of this yeah, could yeah. be, you know, subject to maybe like cuts. Maybe this was like a two mm-hmm. hour and thirty minute movie here, and they actually had some of these scenes shot. They just, you know, couldn't make it into the film because it's it's a weird like two. It's one hour and. 59 minutes it's just under two mm. hours which kind of mm. like makes me wonder it's like oh did the studio mandate like oh it has to be two hours Dude, or quentin or definitely less. got carried away tarantino and like you don't see tarantino make a movie that's not two hours and 30 minutes or less like yeah every movie yeah, he took long. years besides reservoir he Dogs, took years that one's like a 150 or something but yeah no this is just a, a nerd fantasy dream and it's shot like that it's the score complements it like that. Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette play it like that. And just everybody else in this movie just are such caricatures. They're just so outlandish. And like, you kind of wish you could see like almost like a mini series that you could dive more into like each character. Cause yeah, you, there, there is so much stuff that is interesting <laughs> that we don't get to dive into, but um, that's just what they, that's what Tarantino does. He just sets up very interesting characters and he lets the audience just, buckle up for a insane ride because this movie is just highly energetic it's a lot of fun it's just stylized it's got violence it's got romance it's got everything that you kind of want with a movie it's got comedy so uh i am in a match john's four and a half out of five um i did have it at a five like when i first watched it but that was just blasphemy that was just uh i was too hyped up in the moment when i watched it um there are some things that just don't land the the best with me especially with uh some of Tarantino's dialogue, but uh, nevertheless, yeah, uh, yeah, what's up, Nate? Can I change my grade? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't gone to the gym today, so let's just go fucking do it. If you want, I mean, it's up to you. If, you, if it's well, genuine, only if it's genuine. Would you well, buy you, you have to say something changed your mind. Something, something in there was well, like, Spencer. Right. Okay, Spencer made it a four and a half out of five to match you, so I want to match Spencer. <laughs> how about how about this, real quick? <laughs> Can I drive your up? Uh, can I drive your grade to a four and a half with one point right here? You can try the phone booth scene. Yeah. Yeah. All right, four and a half out of five. All let's right, just so let's, let's do how a, many? Ninety three because four and it came out in ninety three. Ninety three. Hold on, four and a half times three. What's that? So thirteen and a half. Yep, thirteen and a half. All right, thirteen All right. and a half. That's very specific. Patricia Arquette! 
half was really weird. I don't know if I like doing <laughs> half. Like, I, I just felt, did 14. I felt the, the most strain <laughs> when I did half. But, I did a 14. I felt good. God. Does that count now as we a, a workout for the day? Now we got to change my letterbox grade. Um, Wait, what did I give it a letterbox? I don't even know. Re- oh, my phone's a webcam, so I can't even check. Oh, There's a lot of episodes it. in a row where we're doing the same grade. It's almost um, like we're, we're kind of... Ron to do we need that to work for out the, for doing so, just so we can yeah, do the push ups. It works. So we'll see what happens next week when we're watching Troy. Uh, I'm gonna keep doing this. Like <laughs> you guys are gonna match and I won't, and I'll be like, "Come on, like who did we see? Did we, we see any heavy breathing?" Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's a good chance we all have very similar thoughts on Troy, which is gonna be next week. So I think it's super um, likely. Honestly, yeah. I guarantee we're all gonna be on the same page. We'll what if see. I'm just like, God, you know what? I fucking hate Brad Pitt. How many times See, have you I guys seen Troy. this movie? <laughs> I hate Eric once, Bana. Once in high school, and then on TV a couple of times here and there. Dude, I think I maybe watched this once on like FX, and like that I don't remember anything about it other than like I think Brad Pitt and like his family lived in like a little teepee, and that's all I remember from the movie. On the beach, maybe I uh, sure. <laughs> okay, wow. All right, well. Go watch Troy. It's on HBO Max. Come back next week for our discussion of Troy. Uh, I've seen this movie a whole bunch of times. So Really? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, where you guys land on this rewatch. Um, Love this Blu-ray because there's no blue it is cool. strip on the top. Well, this isn't the blue strip I'm talking about, but you know what I mean. Where says, Does it say collector's edition on top or is it special and it's a DVD? special edition on the top? Ooh, so it's even better than that. I'm definitely okay. going to have to look at the uh, special features. Because this this is the type of movie where it's like there's set pieces and all that stuff. It should be interesting to check out. But that's next hmm. week. That's not this week. All right. Well, make sure you follow us on Instagram at those movie dudes and wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you'll get your episodes. And quack, quack. That's it. Toodaloos. Yeah, and if you haven't already, check out the latest Mainstream Boys episode that will have already released at this point, where we talk about all the movies that Spencer and I checked out over the course of October. We talk about She-Hulk, talk about a little bit of House of Dragon, and a ton of different horror and other genre films. So check that out on the Those Movie Dudes feed. Howdy, y'all. It's Nate. Yeah, go watch True Romance.